Hello and welcome to every horror movie on Netflix. We're the show that watches every horror movie on Netflix from A to Z and we talk about all of them. And we argue. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sure. Usually. As always, you love the arguing, Steve. Yeah, I do. Well, that used to be he a staple. It, up every it used to be cast. a staple of the intro, and Chris like always I forgets. It, I feel like I said it once, and then it just became a thing. It used to be, welcome to every horror movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, discuss, review, and sometimes argue about every horror movie on Netflix, and I, I want to keep that alive. Sure. I mean, if, if it happens, it happens, you know? Uh, but we try to love each other more than we try to argue with each other, although it's sometimes fun to get the gloves on. And, you know, throw some elbows. Oh, I come in with gloves on, and I take them off when I argue. I think that's what separates us. Oh, you're a hockey player. I guess so. Perfect. <laughs> love hockey. Love you guys. And I love, I love you some too. of the horror movies on Netflix. I love, so far, one of them. <laughs> Out of how many? Are we on 35? Six? Well, if you're that's need- true. How many how many viewers has Steven given out? It's got to be. Well, I think one, two, one. Yeah, I don't know, but you can go to our website, everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com. You can browse our master list, and you can see oh. exactly how many viewers all the movies we've watched so far have received. And we're up to like thirty five or thirty six or thirty seven movies now. So we've been we've been busy little bees. Oh, I thought you were going to say thirty five or thirty six or thirty seven viewers that I have given out. That's probably also true. Patrick's yeah. easy to please. I am. Um, well, we have something a little special coming up for you. Uh, you guys want to talk about that? Yeah, so yes. Halloween is coming in with it, a brand new Halloween film from Blumhouse and Called director Halloween. David Gordon Green. I assume they're retconning a lot of things by reappropriating the original title. And we've decided to watch every Halloween movie on Ever. Blu-ray. On Blu-ray. Yes, I got the Scream Factory box set. Patrick and I have been going through chronologically along with our friend Brad, and we are up to numero three. And I'll be catching can... up at some point. You know, I'm taking my time. Well, you've already seen the first three yeah. like, independently right. in the past. Right. So when we watch four, now is, now is the time. Here's where the, the rubber hits of the Michael road. Myers. And the return of Michael Myers. Right. So we're, uh, we're deviating from our core mission a little bit, just for a little bit. And we're going to bring that to you as a special episode, a bonus episode, closer to Halloween. So you can listen to us, get all caught up on what you've been missing out on in uh, the Halloween lore, and then go see the new one. We're going to review them all in 90 minutes. We're going to set a fucking timer every, like, eight or nine minutes. The Halloween theme is going to play, and we're going to shut the fuck up and move on to the next movie. It's, yeah, it's, so there are ten films if we include Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween 2. Why would you not? Uh, well, I'm just saying that we're going to. I don't, I don't know, know why we wouldn't. I uh, haven't even got thought about that, no. because it was always part of the plan from the beginning, Chris. Yeah, yeah all right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to watch them all. And I guess the idea is, you know, if you're listening to this show, you probably like horror movies. You're probably interested in the new Halloween. You probably haven't seen all the Halloween films, so we're going to give you a primer to get you ready before that film hits theaters. And you probably have never heard anyone review all ten Halloween movies in a single fucking podcast, so... Why not tune in? And if it's not your thing, you can just skip that episode and we'll be back to reviewing every damn horror movie on Netflix immediately after that. If it's not your thing, you can go 
fuck yourself. I wouldn't go that far. So this week, uh, we, we spun the wheel of death last week. And uh, yeah, Patrick picked uh, got to pick an episode. So we're actually breaking alphabetical order. So if you're new to the show, this is going to be confusing as hell. But um, yeah, we're doing... Uh, what'd you pick, Patrick? And, and I feel like they'll make it through. Anyways. They'll, they'll, they'll figure it they'll out. They'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. So what'd you pick and why did you pick it, Patrick? I picked Train to Busan, which is a Korean zombie movie set on a train. And I picked it because I'd heard a lot of good things about it, a lot of critical acclaim uh, when it came out. A very good friend of mine had been like trying to talk me into going to see it and was like, you got to see Train to Busan. You got to see Train to Busan. Maybe he's listening. Hi, Bill, if you're listening. But I had never seen it. So it was on my list of top three. And uh, fortunately for the listeners, Chris cut out my extremely long deliberation period while I was trying to decide whether to pick Train to Busan or one of the other. That's pretty standard films. when you when you win the wheel, which it is a number yeah. of times. I've all, I always have a short list and I always can never decide in that instant which one to pick. It's like, you know, the, the menu at the restaurant. I always have like two or three things where I'm like, uh, which one should I pick? Patrick's the kid in the in the high school drama movie who he's on the football team and he gets past the football and it's one's chance to make a play and he just can't decide what play to make and he gets sacked and that's the season. I bet that would be hilarious if I knew anything about sports. I don't think it would be. I know a little bit, and I'm not chuckling. Well, fuck here. you guys. Speaking of sports, <laughs> you know, uh, shout out to my mixed martial arts fans out there. When we talk about <laughs> Korean zombie movie, we are not talking about the Korean zombie, uh, the UFC personality. His nickname is I, I forget his actual name, but he's known. Oh, as the definitely Korean can't zombie. help you there. <laughs> oh, he's known as the Korean the zombie. The Korean zombie. Oh, yeah. so we're not talking about not him. Not a movie about him. Does yet. he cameo in this film? He. <laughs> He might. I don't know. Does he play? Wait, is he the deer at the beginning of the film that gets hit by the car? Spoiler alert! Great segue <laughs> to explaining the opening of this film. Yeah, Train to Busan. It's a it's a Korean zombie movie about zombies, and I mean, it takes place on a train, and that's really your premise. And if that sounds like something you're interested in, go watch it right now. I guess. Otherwise. You can listen to us. Thanks for listening to every horror movie <laughs> on Netflix. That's I'm our Patrick. Show. I'm Chris. <laughs> we didn't even do introductions. We didn't do introductions, but the, you know, I'm Chris That's as okay. always. You're Steven. Still. Yeah, I am. Yeah, absolutely. And I have not ceased to be Patrick. He's still Patrick. So for better or worse, I gotta say, so zombie movies are not my thing. They're not my cup of tea. Mine either. I don't give a fuck. With a few rare exceptions. What are the exceptions in your mind? I mean, you know, it sounds so obvious at this point, but. Dawn of the Dead, not the Zack Snyder film. Stone Cold classic. Is there another Dawn of the Dead? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> before Zack Snyder made that movie about zombies that featured lots of elevator music. Are there directors other than Zack Snyder? This might shock you, but there's a, a fellow from Pittsburgh named George A. Romero huh. who made a living off of zombie films. Wow. A living off of the dead. You Good for say. him. Did, now, did he Good make a movie him. called Dawn of the Dead, though? Because uh, they have a lot of similar titles. I thought Dawn of the Dead was exclusively Zack Snyder's like original work. All right, oh, let's just... Fuck. This joke is not funny. <laughs> Chris is not joking. I'm not joking. Wait, what? Are Chris you is dead serious. I'm serious. He's dead like, as like, a zombie. I know that there serious. were a lot of... I know there was Day of the Dead, Blank of the Dead, Blank of the Dead. I didn't know there were two Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Chris, yeah. Steve is about to kill you and then quit. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm about to rage zombie, quit this Zombie podcast. movies are not my thing. No, they're not. So I will say, uh, you should definitely check out... So there's Night of the Living Dead. Of course. Of course. Following that in the mid-70s was Dawn of the Dead, 
George Romero's follow-up after he made a few other films in different genres. Chris, you've probably at least seen the iconic image from Dawn of the Dead. There's like zombies in a shopping mall with their hands pressed up against the glass of like a department store window. Okay. You probably seen All right, that. So that's from somewhere. the original Dawn the original. of the Dead. The original. It takes yeah. place in a mall. Okay. It's an allegory for consumerism, but more than that, it's just a great zombie movie. Okay. You know, before that was a thing. I mean, Romero basically invented the modern zombie. And then he made Day of the Dead, which is not so great, but has a couple of chilling scenes. And beyond that, I, I, I loved 28 Days Later when it came out, mm-hmm. uh, because it's just like a very beautifully shot film, some great music. Other than that, I don't really see the appeal in zombies. I mean, we're living in a world where you can go to your local bookstore and buy, you know, the zombie apocalypse survival guide. Right. I, it's, I become a, it's become a trend. I get the fascination if you're younger, it's kind of fun to imagine the world going to hell and having to sort of you know save yourself and find a find a compound to hide out i mean there's lots of people out there who aren't seven years old who who think that's important (laughs) sure they're prepping they're buying canned goods a a zombie movie has never really scared me though i've seen quite a few zombie movies but i've never really found it scary in the way that i do a lot of other genres i just i don't understand what the appeal there is as a horror genre or something something that's supposed to be frightening when it's done well, for me, and I thought about this a lot while watching this film, because this is has been hailed as sort of a, not a reinvention, but a, a reinvigoration of the zombie genre by critics when it came out. And I was thinking about, like, well, what really works in a zombie movie? To me, there is something scary and something socially relevant about seeing a, a human body being drained of its drive and its essence and just becoming sort of a mindless, flesh-eating, you know, hand-to-mouth monster that's mm. what happens to me every monday morning am i right chris <laughs> you get the sunday scaries you I get the sunday scaries <laughs> well i i, I kind of disagree with that because while that is the essence of the zombie menace there's other movies you know the shining is a movie of 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 something familiar a person who becomes something different and that's frightening for a different reason i think zombie movies are scary in the way the apocalypse is scary because they're usually right. very apocalyptic in tone and the fall of civilization and you know it's you versus everyone, everyone everything you yeah. know and and that i think is their appeal and it, it, it's good fodder for the imagination and that's where a lot of the dread in a zombie movie comes for me just to realize you know that there's you know where you're gonna go there's no one like you left i know it, that's it's not like quite the terminator with like you know, a world full of Terminators. It's like you've got, you're being pursued by literally everyone in your species that you used to be able to relate to and trust. Like, that's, that's pretty scary. It's just interesting it to me because that basic concept, I mean, you guys are right. That's sort of the basic idea and the basic reason that it works. But, um, and, and that in and of itself, when you explain it on paper, sounds scary to me and something that taps into fears I have. But a zombie movie has never really done that for me. I don't know why. I think no. it just still seems fairly disconnected from reality. I to totally me. agree that zombie movies, including Train to Busan, don't scare me. I'm never afraid watching them. I do find them often tense and suspenseful and exciting. And I think oh, that's yeah. what they're going for. There's a lot of fright. like being, you know, there's a lot of like like struggles in closed quarters and chases mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, I think it it's great fodder for a thriller for sure. Yeah. Um, I think Dawn of the dead scared me when I was a kid, Night of the living dead did and still does if I'm in the right mood. But generally I think it's better as a thriller, you know, it's a, a chase mm-hmm. and that's effectively what we get here. I right. think with train to Busan. 
on on a couple of levels, it's a chase. It's a race against time, and also close quarters trying to get to one end of this train and survive. And I am, I'm not a zombie movie fan, but I am a sucker for movies that take place on a confined mode of transportation. Yes. Be it a bus. You know what I was reminded of while I was watching this movie? I thought of the, the commuter. commuter. I thought of Liam Neeson 10, 12, 40 times watching this movie. And I, I wish, I'm sure when they make the American remake of Train to Busan, which I feel like is inevitable. Like, According to Wikipedia, it is. Yeah, yeah. they're going to make like Train to Sacramento or something. <laughs> and it's going to have Liam Neeson in it. <laughs> I Chris hope. and I are big fans of the Neeson-verse, which is basically the contained and totally narratively interconnected series of action movies that Neeson has made in the last, say, decade since Taken came out. Yeah, or even, they're all even, the yeah. same movie. They're all the same movie. All We've the same seen character. them all. We've seen them all. We saw we'll the commuter in the theater. We love pretty much all of them. Um, and I think we just need to take a very brief moment. Was Train to Busan better or worse than the commuter? Or at the very least, did it make better or worse use of the sort of bottle episode kind of closed environment of thriller on a train than the commuter that's a very good question and probably a question that has no interest to anyone other than me <laughs> but uh I, I think it made better use of the train, train i agree Busan. i agree commuter was good but like the, the actual train didn't seem to matter it was just kind of a confined group of people train to busan does make the odd choice of briefly getting outside the train in the middle of the movie i was like oh we're already outside the train yeah that was pretty I, I guess i may be getting ahead of myself at this point but, well, a little bit yeah. but um so going does off anyone, the rails does, patrick yeah <laughs> does anyone remember the main character's name in this movie mm-hmm. i was mm-hmm. thinking earlier i'm not going to pretend to know any of yeah, them it's going to be it's hard because especially they all have korean names and we no only disrespect no but disrespect but we only got to know them for a short period of time and i don't think their names were said very often I was gonna, that, that's what I was going to say. Some of them are referred to by name rather frequently, but the main character's name is not said very often at all. And being Korean names, we, we don't name have a mental is. hook to kind of you know hang yeah. hang their names on to remember them by. But um, after a short prologue in which a farmer is entering like a quarantine zone where there's mm-hmm. been some sort of wildlife uh, disturbance, and he's 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 concerned because he doesn't know if the government's gonna like burn his pigs again or something like that. This has happened before, I guess. Uh, and we see a zombie deer, you know, whatever. Uh, I I liked that actually. Yeah, I did was, too. I that was, was like, a good little cold open. For I wasn't yeah. really excited to watch this movie at all, like another zombie movie. But I've I thought that was well done. Yeah, yeah, the was, farmer hits a deer with his truck, and the deer after he drives away, the deer creepily kind of like its spine contorts and it gets back up, and its eyes are white. Pretty Opening decent title. CGI. You felt, I liked you it. You felt like you were watching zombies. I did. <laughs> little tease. Yes, little it was tease. indulging my fantasy at this point to see zombies, which I think will never be fulfilled. Right. The uh, main character's name is oh, actually I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Seok Wu. S E O K hyphen W O L. Right. Well, we'll call Great. him uh, our, our, our main character. Yeah. <laughs> we can call him Al. <laughs> he's a he's a like a hedge fund manager. He's a finance guy in South Korea. I think it's I think they start off in Seoul. He's I was, a finance bro. Yeah, he's a finance bro. I was watching, I, I did a little bit of research on the the train system in South Korea, and I tried to put some of the geography together. I think this movie is pretty accurate about how it shows them moving from station to station mm. and city to That's city. That's cool. Which, I mean, that makes sense. Like, obviously, yeah, I mean, we don't why know. Would they make that up? We don't know the names, but obviously, if you make train to Sacramento, and they're like, oh, we're in, you know, San Diego, and then they're in, like, you know, Washington, D.C., and then they're, you know, anyway. 
Obviously, the well, and the, there's an sense. animated huh. prequel of this film that came out a month after this did called Soul Station. So it makes sense if it begins in Seoul. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Right. Um, so it starts off in Seoul. He's he's a finance guy, the stereotypical ruthless, ruthless finance guy, corporate bloodsucker. He's been referred he, to. He's as not reviews. personally ruthless, but he gets you get the sense that like you know he his his life is his business, and he's going to do what he has to do in his business. There's a lot left to the imagination. Like there's like a hint that he's done some terrible shit. Like he refers to his em- employees as lemmings. Um. More on that later. I I don't think I think I've I had to watch that twice, but I think I understand what that was all about. We'll oh, okay. get to that later. Okay, maybe in the spoiler and maybe before. But he's he's a finance guy, and his main problem is that he has no time for his family. His wife has left him, and he's home with his daughter, who he's kind of an absentee father towards, and his mother, right? And his mother yeah. is watching the daughter, like kind of as a surrogate parent, and. uh he is just not concerned, really. He's concerned about his business, and he's overworked and content a, to be that way. There's a really, really tough moment where he—it's <laughs> her her birthday, or it's her birthday's coming up, I think—and he brings her a a gift, and it's a Nintendo Wii. And then we pan over, and she's already got one that has <laughs> not left the box from Children's Day, which is apparently a holiday in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like he's so focused on his work and, and cares so little about his family that he, uh, yeah, he bought the same. And he's twice. and he's chosen that gift by asking one of his employees, "What are the kids into these days?" Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, very God. similar to the beginning just... of Taken, basically. Or Liam Neeson <laughs> does the same thing with the bear with the uh, karaoke machine. He buys his daughter at the beginning of Taken. Oh, doesn't he bring her a bear in one of the movies? Uh, I don't know. Probably he buys her a lot of stuff. <laughs> that little girl's perform. I mean, this little girl She's who plays great. his daughter is great throughout, yeah. but especially one of one of her greatest moments in the movie is when she opens the Wii and just the look of sort of disappointment yeah. on oh, her face why, why, don't you like it fantastic and she's like you know <laughs> it's there and, great child yeah. actor and uh watching i watched the first like five minutes twice and there's a little character detail that i love that i didn't notice the first time but once you know who the character is uh he's in the parking garage like i think it's of his apartment building where he's parking and he's talking to his ex-wife on the phone and as he's talking to the ex-wife he like looks over and there's like just like a little piece of fuzz like on the side mm-hmm. of like the hood of his car and he like scoots it away like he's very he has tons of attention to detail when it comes to his fancy car he drives like an audi or something but no attention to detail when it comes to his family great mm-hmm. characterization and more than you would expect and more subtle than you would expect from a zombie movie there's Common a, there's a in lot these of movies. there's a lot of really nice character work in this movie i feel like we've seen a lot of horror movies even i mean i have even outside of this journey where we have sort of the absentee father who's too focused on his work to really Right. Care. Right. Well, it's in a horror movie, it's good to have absentee parents because then they don't have to get involved in the horror and they don't have to help the kids. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff where the Mm. parents are present, but they're pretty much detached from what's going on and not, you know. There's something in horror about, like, the workaholic dad that, like, is having trouble connecting with their, like, teenage daughter, though. I got a very Spielberg vibe off this movie. (laughs) I... Explain. <laughs> yeah, please. please. Absentee, absentee parent, children in danger, family values, and uh, the importance of self-sacrifice and, and morals being reinforced through adventure-slash-thriller-induced trauma. 
it's a life affirming movie and I'm going to get that off my chest right up front because for the last several episodes, I feel like I've been harping against these movies that I criticize for having a lack of humanity and I call the directors psychopaths and <laughs> make no mistake. This is a gruesome, violent movie where a lot of people get fucked up and die in you know, gory circumstances. Uh, but underneath it, this movie cares about people and oh, it cares yeah. about what it's saying and it's connected to to humanity in a way that you know a lot of these movies we watch aren't almost too much i was gonna say <laughs> we'll get to it but almost too much yeah there's some uh some moments later uh that kind of resolve you know, tie up the narrative threads that i thought were a little over the top it lays sure. it on pretty thick it lays it on thick but it's there and, and it shows that you can all you can have your your gore and your people dying and you can also have the movie you know, be a positive, be a redemptive movie. story that or says just something positive having, about even if it's humanity. not redemptive has a human element. Like sure. I wouldn't have minded a, uh, I if it, even if it had a dark kind of downer thing, but it had a connection to people. Like instead of thirteen cameras, where there's just like a guy with no personality <laughs> chopping people. Please up. don't invoke that name ever again. <laughs> Fuck that. Not until fourteen cameras comes out. Embargo. <laughs> sure. Quiet down, Junior. <laughs> so, so it's her birthday, and uh, her birthday is coming up. I don't think it's actually her birthday in that scene. And all she wants is to go see her mom in Busan. Because her mom's actually a good parent, presumably. Yeah, and it's really fucking sad. I mean, I actually I didn't tear up, but I, I felt for this little girl because she's such a good performer, and I felt like, you know, God, this must suck living with this guy and with his mom who's taking care of you, but it's, you know, it's his mom. It's not her grandmother, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so he ends up conceding and, and deciding at the. Uh, I think I think his mom ends up convincing him to take her to Busan to see her mom. Right. And uh, mayhem ensues almost immediately. Mayhem ensues as they're leaving for the train station at like the crack of dawn. You know, you're seeing emergency response. And there's been a lot of stuff going on. In the periphery. Kind of in the periphery of the story. And you know you're watching a zombie movie. So like, okay, I know what's going on here. Um, Something I liked about this movie with regards to that is that this movie assumes you know what zombies are and what a zombie movie is. I did appreciate that, too, actually. That (laughs) was one of my notes. But don't most of them. Uh, uh, Not some of the ones I've seen lately. There was zero explanation in this movie of what zombies are, what the zombie apocalypse is, what the rules of zombies are. It doesn't waste any time. It's just like, what zombie movie explains what zombies are? Name one Zombieland. Well, that's a self-referential comedy. Or I feel I, it's been a while, but I feel like twenty-eight days later and stuff. Like, oh yeah, there. well, but it's even a rage the, virus, right? Um, the rage there's a lot virus. of movies that if they don't, even if they don't explain it, they waste a lot of time, sort of building the world and showing you like, you know, way too many minutes of like news TV footage of things going in the background. This movie's like focused on the characters. We know because we know it's a zombie movie. There's stuff going in the background that's going to come to affect them later, but it doesn't really draw a lot of focus away from our protagonists. And I really appreciate that. It just kind of gets to the point. Like when someone gets bit by the zombie and turns into a zombie, they never explain that. And there's never any characters debating that, which you can argue that's a little unrealistic that like there these passengers on the train would see someone who's totally normal get bit. And like what zombie movie explains that someone turns into a zombie after they get bit by a I'm zombie not an expert on zombie movies, but I, like I don't watch most of them, but I feel like. The ones I've seen, yeah, there's a rage virus or, you know, they they just, they, they try to, they don't just assume you know. 
I could be wrong. Huh. I I, 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 can, I, I can't, can't I can't name a title, but I know I know I've seen at least a handful of movies because there's so many zombie movies, especially in the past like 10, 15 years. I know I've seen movies that like treat me like an idiot for not and like and they don't have anything to offer beyond it's a zombie movie. There's not a lot of character development. So I I'm, I'm with Chris. I do feel like there is some of that out there and this movie it, it doesn't care. It wastes no time. It assumes these characters live in a world where they've seen zombie movies too. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know about that. I mean, they seem shocked. It, it, they well, don't, you would be right. I of mean, of course, it's it a little unrealistic. Like you know, if if the three of us are hanging out and a crazed maniac comes through the door and bites Stephen, and then Stephen's eyes glaze over and he starts acting crazy, I'm not gonna like start beating his ass and leave, you know strand him to die. I'm gonna assume that I'm not gonna know that he's a zombie, right? But this movie doesn't care about that. It's like, hey, you guys know what zombies are. This is a zombie movie. Get over it. And it just gets to the action. And that's fine. But everybody reacts in a very natural way to seeing this shit for the first time. Like, I, I don't feel like the characters react in some sort of jaded way as though they already know what zombies are. Everyone is shocked to see this and reacts in pretty natural way. I mean, I think if someone came in and was biting a chunk out of Steven's neck and their eyes were fucking glazed over and they were con- they were contorted, we would probably do our best to beat the shit out of them. No, but there are a lot of human welcome, moments Steve. in this where... Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. If there are some small human design. moments in this too where it's like, yeah, they, they behave naturalistically, which is that like everyone has their own sort of reaction to what's going on. They all have their own priorities, their own agendas. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that like some of them don't really realize how big the threat is on a global scale. They just want to get off the train. And some of them also are like, well, like we're carrying zombies. This could have an impact on the entire country or the world. Like a lot of different perspectives here. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I think that's really smart writing. I feel like we've lost the thread on that a little bit. But I love the way that we first start seeing zombies for the first time. I love when our protagonist's daughter, his, his little girl is looking out the window of the train as it's leaving the station he our protagonist has fallen asleep so he's not even paying attention and she sees someone outside the window all of a sudden just a zombie just jumps on them and it's a really brief moment but super shocking we don't even see any blood but it's just this very strange surreal sort of moment it reminded me of the beginning of my favorite movie nick of time (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, Johnny Depp and his daughter daughter are coming into Union Station in LA and Johnny Depp's like asleep and daughter's looking out the window and sees like some like homeless people like beating each other with two by fours underneath a bridge or something she's like horrified and it's just a little it's a little foreshadowing that you know innocence is gonna be lost today mm. mm-hmm. yeah nicely done anyways I like that too and it was it was kind of surreal and creepy too and like she didn't really know what to make of it it felt like a very real uh, non-cinematic, non-stagey kind of moment. Like, that's something that you would plausibly see. That's a plausible way to portray mm-hmm. the zombie kind of outbreak happening. If you're on a commuter train, all of a sudden you just see someone get jumped as the train kind of races out of the station. And you're safe, ostensibly, but there's something not right going on. And you've seen the the, the origins of it. It's a weird moment. Right. And it's chilling for us, and it's suspenseful for us, because we know we're watching a zombie movie, and mm-hmm. we know that things are bad mm-hmm. before the characters do. Yeah. And then, you know, they kind of find out. Basically, you know, not to, not to harp on the nuts and bolts of the plot line too much, but, you know, so they're on this train, they're going from Seoul to Busan, and... 
it starts with, you know, just one, like, kind of infected girl fleeing the zombie hordes that we don't see, really, and kind of just hops on the train, and then she ends up, you know, infecting a, a, a whatever the hell you call a flight attendant on a train. Steward, train attendant? <laughs> train attendant. Yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of snowballs from there. Oh, and that's another weird little moment, too, where you look back up the stairs that she's fled down to the train, and there's this group gathered around what's clearly some sort of fight, probably a zombie attacking someone, but you can't really see exactly what it is, and it's a, a, an extreme wide shot from the POV of inside the train looking up these stairs. Another weird little moment that's mm-hmm. a nice kind of precursor to the madness that's it's about all to go very, down. It's all very, you know, ground level, good point of view. To be yeah. honest, guys, I've recommended this before. It's not a great movie, I don't think, but Oliver Stone's 9-11, or Oliver Stone's World Trade Center <laughs> about 9-11, I really like the beginning of that movie because you see 9-11, which we're all familiar with from like a bird's eye perspective. Wait, you- what's 9-11? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, you actually thought about that for a second. I thought I missaid. I thought I missaid the name of the movie. Oh, okay. Um, uh, uh, but you Where see, the fuck are you, going you with see, this? you see the events of the day playing out from the perspective of like Joe Firefighter. That doesn't cool. understand yeah. what's happening till you know never really understands what's happening because you know but the buildings fall on them and they still don't know what happened really until the end of the movie yeah because none of us lived the experience of 9-11 happening and not understanding what the fuck was going on not like these guys i mean this is before the tv cameras you know started covering i know know. anyway so just that kind of like you know doomsday from joe on the streets perspective pretty good stuff in a movie that's what i'm saying i'll watch it right after halloween for the return of michael myers you're not gonna have time man <laughs> that's true i might have to i might have to watch it after halloween i'll watch it i'll watch oliver stone's world trade center in november let's watch it on halloween yes <laughs> that'll be our halloween. perfect <laughs> be nice. yeah oh god that's michael depressing. shannon's in it oh shit yep. i'm definitely watching it then yep does Full he, Shannon mode. Does he play Osama bin Laden? Uh, Michael Shannon plays a, uh, a a true life figure. I'm not sure. I think he's like a reti- uh, ex marine. No such thing as a former marine. <laughs> Can we stop? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Shannon, y'all. Not eleven, y'all. <laughs> Michael Shannon as Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> oh Jesus. Okay. Well. Uh, train to Busan. How do we get this train back on track? <laughs> That's kind of the question of the movie. It really is. Yeah. I mean, uh, classic, uh, you know, nice ensemble cast of characters for a disaster movie who were introduced to. In kind of a, a little bit of a, like, you know, way. your stock cast for a train sure. bus plane. There's movie. a pregnant woman. Yeah. Pregnant woman. There's hard ass, like, working class husband. Yeah. Got, oh, who seems like he might be too macho at first. You've got the it's, corporate... Who's actually my favorite character. He's you've great. got the corporate snake who's always in these movies. Who's oh, like yeah. in the suit and tie. And yeah. he's just like, I need to save myself. And what the fuck are the rest of you doing? Was he Guys, the CEO of the like train company? Or did I misunderstand the, He was the CEO of a train company. Okay. I don't know if it was the same... Because I'm glad I researched the rail system in, in, in South Korea. Because there's the train system and then... Ever, there's individual train platforms, individual train uh, operators, and stuff like that. So, but he was mm. definitely working for the rail lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know who, which in company. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Uh, there's a young 
couple who's in love, a couple of teenagers in love. Oh, yeah, teenagers in love. This is really like, yeah. watch Snakes on a Plane. Oh, it's a baseball and... team, a whole baseball team. <laughs> yeah, a cricket. Whole baseball team. Is it cricket? cricket. Baseball. It's just no, it's baseball. baseball. Do okay. they love baseball in South Korea? Haven't you seen... Uh, Their bats look really what's short. What's that movie? Is that South Korea? What a size queen. (laughs) No, but their bats didn't look like baseball bats. Uh, No, they were baseball bats. Were they? Yeah, we're going to have to go to the cages. All right. Yeah. All right. They look short to me. We were talking earlier about how I had a great point to make about this movie. I'll just make it now. I mean, the reason it's a baseball team is how the fuck else would they have weapons on this train to combat the zombies? Well, they don't really combat the zombies with the weapons, barely. No, the baseball bats come into play. They come into play, but, I mean, that's something else I appreciate like that. Like, there's never a moment where they're like, oh, guys, if you do this one thing, you kill the zombie. I don't think mm. a zombie dies in this whole fucking no. movie. No, they don't. <laughs> and the baseball bats are used, but they're used to kind of push them back and, you know, exactly. stuff like, like that. That's yeah. true. Zombies are only ever, like, kind of momentarily deterred. It's like movie. a game of chess. They're trying to, like get as far as they can away from the zombies and the zombies are always like they're always an obstacle until they get to the front of the train yeah because yeah. that's pretty much the whole movie from there on probably out. half at least of the population of the train becomes zombie real quick and they've kind of quarantined them in a section of the train with with the sliding glass partitions between the cars because the zombies aren't smart enough to slide the partition. They only know how to pound on shit. Which, you know, I, this is another reason why I think I disagree with you guys' earlier point about not explaining the rules of zombies. There are some very specific rules of zombies in this movie that are pretty explicitly laid out like these, these zombies are, are not smart enough to open doors. That's established. But they're they're they unique only... to this movie. Exactly. Those are unique rules that this movie establishes. Like, I've seen zombie movies, I think, where zombies can, like, open a sliding door. And this movie establishes them, like, really discreetly. Like, there's not really a lot of conversation. Like, there's a moment where there's a big, you know, imbroglio going on between people and zombies, and then they pass under a tunnel and the zombies stop moving. And it's like, oh, well, they, they can't, like, see... Nobody ever dark. explains anything. It's no, always just, shown, always they discovered do. accidentally. They totally discuss the fact that they can't open doors, and they also discuss the fact that they only chase people if they can actually see them. So they paper over the, the door so that the zombies stop chasing them. Another they can't see them through the window. to the commuter. Because at the end of the commuter, oh, yes. they have to put water on the windows. And t- I think I, that's such a specific or actually, thing. I think I think that that's commuter, in another movie because I thought that was brilliant. I think the commuter reference trained The commuter Busan. had to have done that deliberately because that's such a specific thing. The it idea is. that you can wet the windows and put your newspapers up on it and they'll stick God, and you can true. cover that the windows really like that. Similar. It's a really specific thing. And then they do that at the climax of the commuter as Patrick Wilson infiltrates the train and they're trying to hide out from the police snipers who would be intimidated by patrick wilson watch oh the me. commuter seriously watch insidious chapter two <laughs> <laughs> i just think of patrick wilson is like the pop-bellied aging night owl oh, patrick so wilson pathetic. is surprisingly versatile i love patrick wilson patrick oh, if I you're do listening too call me in fact patrick wilson patrick wilson was poor casting for night owl you need someone more pot-bellied Oh yeah, he was too sexy to be Night Owl. Oh, like, Night yeah. Owl needs Tim to be Allen like a long needs to be Night Owl. Like, oh, Brian, that's actually Brian kind Cox of brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Cox, Tim Allen. Brian Cox is too old, but Tim Allen is kind of perfect for Night Owl. <laughs> I mean, when he's not doing coke. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, that might be too much. Um, why are we talk? Oh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah, dude, watch Insidious Chapter I'm just 2. I'm envisioning the, like, sex scene from Watchmen now with, like, God, fucking, with fucking Hallelujah playing in the background, and then she, like, 
pushes the button on the fucking owl <laughs> ship to blast the flames as she comes and just at that moment uh, <laughs> <laughs> no brilliant Jesus. Zack Snyder get on that Zack Snyder if you, yeah stop making reshoots movies. <laughs> uh, Ooh, where were we <laughs> wow I was gonna just I say, know, but we came full circle, Zack Snyder. We came full circle, on yeah. him, but you, should... and you know he's gonna George Lucas the fuck out of that movie someday. Oh, oh God, yeah. you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should watch Insidious Chapter Two. <laughs> I to see just how intimidating Patrick Wilson can be. It's just it's not a great movie, but it's a movie I like because again, I, I had a blast when with I watch that these movie. movies. I feel like I'm interfacing with the filmmakers a little bit, and I felt Insidious Chapter Two. You can tell everyone's just having a great time. The yeah, la- the last forty minutes are just like batshit. Patrick Wilson like banging on doors and screaming. And- <laughs> but I don't remember Wilson is like Insidious in again. Movie. This comes down to like how generic horror movie titles are these days brilliantly generic i should say i mean i can't believe that there hadn't been a movie called insidious i don't remember what that's about like i can't tell the insidious from the conjuring you want it to be called patrick wilson banging on doors and screaming (laughs) yeah something more specific (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good point that's actually one of the things I like about... I thought you were going to say you couldn't tell Insidious from Sinister, which is quite oh, a bad that's, that, that's actually yeah. what I was thinking of, but I was like, uh, you know, James Wan, whatever. But that's... A, that, I mean, for what we're doing on this project, watching every horror movie on Netflix, that's one of the things I like, because you see a movie called, like, Be Afraid, you got no idea what it's about. Or Bedeviled, you don't know what it's about yeah. until you watch it, you know? Mm. It's all pretty vague. You have to ask yeah. Mr. Bedevil to find out. Yeah. Mr. Bedevil. Bedevil. <laughs> oh, Lord. Woo! <laughs> Let's get back on that train. Yeah. Back on the train. Yeah. I mean, back might, on the train, gang. I, you know, it might be a good juncture to talk about that point where the train actually stops. Sure. Yeah, because it stops pretty early at on. The station. Cause, yeah, because that, that's the thing. You know, they're, they, they got zombies on the train and they're moving. They're trying to, you know, basically once the zombie outbreak happens, they're like, all right, well, where can we let these people off? But the whole country's fucked, basically. And our protagonist, the South Korean Gordon Gecko, tries to like establish, uh, basically we'll just call him that. From now yeah, on. <laughs> basically tries to get himself airlifted out of this train station. He tries to break away from the rest of the group, right? And he calls one of his contacts so that he and his and daughter they can lay get that out. on thick. I think yeah. before that point in the movie, the daughter has already looked at him and been like, "You don't care about anyone but yourself." Yeah, <laughs> don't you right? care about people? <laughs> right? Because she's like a bleeding heart, and she's always trying to help people and stuff. Yeah. And and I, and that the guy Gordon Gecko actually looks her in the eye as her father and is like, "Listen, the shit's going down. You have to look out for yourself and yeah. nobody else." Yeah, you know. Which yeah. is kind of his M.O. even in civilian everyday life. Yeah. Um, it's very, very explicitly It's not subtle at all. No. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it's more subtle if you are not reading subtitles. And maybe in the original language it was a little more subtle, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as he's trying to get away to his little getaway, a zombie comes down the hallway. There's also a really weird scene where all the the other people who are on the train are going down a separate escalator, and they see the army outside. And all right. of a sudden, the army turns around. The whole army right. is fucking they're, zombies. Because they're at this station because they've been told that the army's there. Yes, and it's, it's safe. And then yeah. this guy, the Gordon Gecko, called his like friend that he has his stock account. And he's like, "Hey, I'll give you a stock tip if you mm-hmm. tell me what the deal is." And he's like, "All right, don't go to the main square. Do this other thing." Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that when you see that lone soldier coming in, I thought of a joke. 
What is a zombie's favorite comedian? Oh, boy. Who is a zombie's favorite comedian? Is Who? that the punchline? No. <laughs> Who is a zombie's favorite comedian? Um, oh, man. Uh, hold on. Uh, 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 fuck. Uh, it's got to be... I feel like there's only five comedians that can be the answer to this, and I'm running through like all your favorite comedians. <laughs> no, you'll never guess. Okay, who? Brian Pasane. Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> A zombie's favorite comedian? Gary Shambling. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, that's pretty good. Because that's because you see, like, there's this lone soldier shambling around the corner, full zombie mode, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, a soldier! Thank God!" <laughs> I'm like, guys, I thought you guys were keen on zombies. <laughs> this guy's shambling like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. So they got to get back on the train. Yeah. Long story short. And a zombie almost gets Gordon Gecko's daughter, but then the macho dude from the train. Oh, yeah. Macho man with the pregnant Who he's had wife. like a big, like him and the macho dude have been assholes to each other this whole time. The macho dude kind of hates him because the macho dude is basically a good dude. Macho actually. dude finds out, first of all, he's not impressed by his callous, self-centered behavior that he's yeah. witnessed. Yeah. And also the daughter has told macho man that her dad is a fund manager. Right. And so he's like, right. oh, he's one of those leeches on society, yeah. Goldman Sachs. Same thing as the fucking he's, commuter. He's part of the 99%. The, dude, on the commuter. There's the guy who works for Do Goldman. Do we need to do a separate episode on the commuter? Because you guys are getting real There's hot There's the guy on the train <laughs> and, and the commuter who works for Goldman Sachs. Oh, right. And Liam Neeson literally goes over to him and is like, oh, and one more thing. On behalf of the American people, fuck you. <laughs> I need to see this movie. And that's basically what the guy says. You, you really don't. That's basically what he says to his pregnant wife. He's like, oh, he's a hedge fund manager, a leech on society. He takes, he contributes nothing. He's a rich yeah. asshole. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And when was this movie made? 2016. 2016. Yeah. Really? It's that recent. Came out in the yes. U.S. in 2017. I oh, wow. February of last year. Yeah. So it's a brand new baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Not quite. Well, I'm yeah. sure. Close enough. Um, but once they get back on the train, there's a series of highly inventive sequences, which I don't know how much detail we want to get into. I don't know how much we need to. I mean, there's a lot of really great action sequences on the train. Yeah, it's inventive just, stuff. Like, definitely, I'm not going to give my review yet, but there's a lot worth watching here. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed all of the sort of tight, confined action sequences involving people trying to advance beyond the zombies and get to a safe place. And at this well, point, we also learn that, and I think this is a little too convenient, that Busan is a quarantine zone, which is where they were headed in the first place. It's also the end of the line. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. But I just feel like that's, like, everybody seems to have, like, take solace in that information. It's like, but, like, where else were you going to go? You know, like, I don't know. It seemed kind of Well, for a while, they think they're going to uh, the one city where they stop and everything turns out to be fucked. They're basically just trying to find a city that's not overrun by zombies and they don't know. And really, they don't even know that Busan is safe. They know nowhere else is safe. Busan is a goal only for Gordon Gecko and his daughter. Like, it's not really a a goal for the others. Everyone else is pissed because they wanted to get off the train earlier. Yeah. But they're they're going to the end of the line, which is Busan, which is according to the map I looked at, it's like in the southwest uh, southeast of the country. You know, is it it's, like BFE? We'll, we'll link to that map it, in our show notes. I don't know if it's BFE, but it's it's 
it's definitely like on the opposite end of the country from Seoul. Like how how far of a commute do you think it is? I mean, South Korea is a small country. I don't know. I'll look it up. I don't know. Um. Also, yeah, uh, South Korea has high speed rail throughout, but not all the lines are high speed rail. And in this movie, you see they have kind of a traditional locomotive pulling yeah. the train. The train itself is very sleek. It looks like kind of a high speed rail train, but it's chained up to like an old locomotive, and that's. True. They do have high speed rail in South Korea, but they also have kind of conventional rail. And the route, Ooh. the the route to Busan from one of the other cities that they mentioned in this movie is only traditional rail. They don't have a high speed line, so it it's pretty accurate. Three and, the, and a half hours, three and a half hour. Train that's journey. like a cross country trip, pretty Basically, much, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And and this whole so thing, it's like Michigan. Well, yeah, this whole thing because they, yeah. they leave in the morning, and he expects to be back like at lunchtime. You know, it, he's gonna go there and drop off his daughter and come back all in the morning. This isn't supposed to be a long train journey, and it is extended because a of long the, train journey the shit hits the fan. Yeah, um, but yeah, when they get back on the train, there's a sequence where there's like some of the characters have to make their way through like three or four train cars worth of straight up zombies, and you're like, "There's no way they're gonna do this. There's no way," and they have to be very clever about it. And it was it was pretty thrilling and pretty exciting and pretty fun to see the creative and intelligent ways that they came up with to to get through the zombies. It, it was, was a lot of fun. Also fun to see the macho guy take off his blazer for the first time in the whole movie, and it turns out he's fucking ripped he looks fat at one and point rips. Yeah. he fights with a sword basically the equivalent of a sword and shield mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that was fucking amazing to me as they're trying to board the plane or the train after they stop off and he's like trying to race back and like beat the zombies away i love that character game. because i mean he was an archetype and he basically transforms into a different archetype but i i just loved that at first i mean he seems fairly schlubby at first and then turns out to be basically the biggest badass in the whole movie right you definitely well, want yeah, he's got a, team. I mean, he's got a pregnant wife on the on He's the got the most so in, invested on this train, right? Yeah. yeah, and I love when he springs into action. Like, I was really rooting for him more than anyone else at that point. Mm-hmm. He's, like, running alongside the train, trying to get back on it, and he takes a sort of detour. He, like, zigzags out from the train to grab a fucking riot shield and a, a billy <laughs> yeah, club, I, I think, think so. beats up a bunch of zombies, and then jumps on the train. It's incredible. Badass. Awesome. Really, I uh, I don't want to talk about him anymore without going to the spoiler room. I don't either. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we go down those stairs, down the little spoiler room? I don't think so. We hopping right on the train to the spoiler room? Yeah. It's going to be a real short ride. Only one thing to do before we go down there is uh, ask Greg to finally fix the fucking AC down there. Well, I was thinking we need to view it, cue it, or screw it. Oh, okay. Well, mm. Greg, you're on notice. You're on blast, buddy. <laughs> Chris, would you view a cuter script? You know, I told you I don't like zombie movies, and I was on the fence about this for a bit. I'm going to give this movie a view it. I'm going to give Train wow. to Busan a view it. I watched this movie late at night last night, and for the first few minutes, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to turn this off, and I'm going to go to sleep, and we'll pick up the rest tomorrow. I couldn't turn it off after the first few minutes, and it's it's this is one of the longest movies we've watched. This is a two-hour movie, mm-hmm. yeah. And it flew by. The tense, the tension, and the suspense, and the action kept me interested through all two hours of it. And despite the fact that zombies don't really do it for me, I thought the characters were interesting enough. Not great. 
I thought the action sequences were well done and pretty original at times. And again, I can't say enough about the undercurrent of humanity in this movie and kind of the optimism that this movie has, despite it being a gory death fest. And you know what? I'm not ashamed to admit, I teared up a couple times watching this movie. Oh, that's cute. And, you know, I shed some tears. And, and what can you ask for? Now, that, uh, we'll talk more about that in the spoiler room. But, um, you know, what more can you ask for from a movie? I'll give it a view it. Steven. I'll give it a cue it. Uh, I really, I, again, after the first few minutes, I was like, oh, God, another zombie movie. It really captured my attention, even though I felt like there were a lot of uh, failings along the way. I mean, it's an exciting film. I think the action is, like, top-notch. Um, almost, it's almost cartoonish, and this is clearly, like, I don't know, like a mid-budget movie, but they make it look really big. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, for a zombie movie, I mean, I guess that's why I'm giving it a cue. And I've seen enough zombie movies. This doesn't really break any ground. I mean, I think of, like, Snowpiercer as, like, the the best recent South Korean action movie on a train. On a train. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really tried to do the same thing, but maybe with the first zombies. and this is the second, I guess. So, uh, I, I would say like, go watch Snowpiercer. That's a view. It, this is a, a cue. It. It's, it's a fun movie. I don't think it like brings a lot that I haven't seen to the genre, but I don't regret watching it. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. That was what was kind of holding me back. I'm not sure if I would recommend it to myself. I'm not sure if there's anyone in my mind I would recommend this movie to. But still, I thought it was very well done. And if you like zombies, it's a no-brainer. Watch this movie. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah, no, if you like zombies, this is definitely one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. Um, Like, I wish this had come out, like, 10 years ago or 15 years ago before zombies started becoming you know part of the zeitgeist again because like this really nails it and yeah it's a no-brainer it's like of course this is how you do it patrick view it cue it or screw it well first i am shocked that you gave it a cue it actually because you seemed so wholeheartedly on board the train to busan so far i figured (laughs) you were a view it for sure and now this is making me wonder ticket i took the ride but this is now making me wonder how many view it's you've actually given out and i want to check this before we go to the spoiler room i think it's only one what the tally is uh, yeah give your rating i'm gonna give it a view it um it's but it is kind of a low view it for me I, i went into this with a lot of enthusiasm and it is a really fun movie it's very entertaining it's emotional as as we've said already but i don't know i i don't know if i can quite say it's a great movie and i don't know if i can quite say it actually lived up to the expectations i had for it but it is uh very well done and 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 worth your time unlike a lot of the fucking movies that we've watched so far I agree. It's a it's a low it's the lowest view it I've given, but sure. it's solidly a view it for sure. me. If I'm judging against everything else we've seen, it's a view it. But for my own personal taste, cue it. Sure. For the record, uh Steven has given a view it to four movies. So Whoa, wow. more than I thought. Th- yeah. Let's hear it. That's actually fewer than I thought. I thought you had given out more. A dark song, of course. Yeah. It follows. Oh well yeah. Gerald's game. And what? You uh, gave that a view it? And oddly oh, yeah, I love that movie. Did Oddly, I give that a view it? Yes. What's the anomaly here? Um, what anomaly? You said oddly, so what is oh, it? Oh, uh, oddly, you gave a view it to ABCs of Death too. Wow. Oh, wow, did I? Yep. That was a lot of fun. There's some good shit in there. Yep. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And if you want to find out more trivia along those lines, 
every horror movie on Netflix.com. You can see the whole list and all our ratings for everything we've watched so far, including Train to Busan. With that, I guess we'll head down to the spoiler room, talk a little more about, uh, you know, some of the moments that we liked, some of the moments we didn't like, who lives, who dies, and so on and so forth. If you like zombies, you want to see the movie, go check it out. Otherwise, see you down in the spoiler room in just a minute. Welcome back. We're in the spoiler room, still on this damn train to Busan, and we're going to be talking about the moments that made us cry. I didn't cry Is once. that what we're doing? I don't know. Did a moment make you cry, Patrick? No. Oh, I guess... I, I, and I didn't tear up in this movie. Yeah, I, I cry. I, you know, I cried a little bit, but to be fair, like, you know, it was late at night, and also this movie, like, t- didn't... It didn't totally deserve the tears, I don't think, because there's some really heavy emotional moments in this movie, but it's not that they're done particularly well. It's just like it's hard to go wrong when you're portraying like people sacrificing themselves in front of their loved ones to save their loved ones, which happens sure. more than once in this movie. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, that's heavy and emotional, but... It's also kind of by the numbers. Well, I, I, yes, I'm with you. I did think one moment in particular went way over the line and actually made me laugh rather than cry. But this Which movie, one? We're in the spoiler room. Let's just get to it. Well, when our when uh, Gordon Gecko jumps off the train, I mean, it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Wait, you mean like when he flashes back to holding his infant daughter? Oh, that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but when he actually sacrifices himself, I like laughed. His, oh like, no, I thought that was great. So we're in the spoiler room. So so the arc, the main the main <laughs> character's arc with the guy we've been calling Gordon Gecko with the daughter. He's slowly learned over the course of the movie and all the horrors that you know it pays to put other people ahead of yourself. Sacrifice, and this culminates with him. He gets bit, and he, you know, spy by a zombie while defending his daughter, and he has to sacrifice himself basically. And he throws himself from the train, and and he dies. And well, he doesn't die. He's just there's this like cheap like soap opera music playing, and he's like smiling and crying at the same time before he jumps off. It's so yeah, it was great. He was turning into a zombie. He's having his final moment of humanity. I mean, the actual visual of showing him in this room flooded with light like flashing back to holding his infant daughter for the first time was way too much that was was way too much he loves his daughter but him with his eyes glazing over like becoming a zombie for the first time but also still a smile on his face from thinking about his daughter and then also i loved the visual it was a haunting visual and and really simple but effectively done showing the silhouette of the train and him jumping off it in slow motion was excellent. Love that. You know, it would have worked better with a different score. Like the music just totally ruined it for me. The whole ending of the movie was less well done than the most of the movie. I would agree. It really did kind of got for lack of a better term. It did like go off the rails at a certain point. <laughs> it did go off the rails. And again, it's kind of it another example sloppy. of a movie sticking to its premise. Say what you will about the commuter, but the motherfucker gets on the train at the beginning and the movie doesn't end until he's off the train and then the movie ends. This movie should have ended when that motherfucker Gordon Gecko got off the train. Like, this movie, the train eventually comes to a stop in a train yard, and then they get off, and there's all sorts of hijinks happen. The happen, conductor is trying know. to, like, board a different train, and there's a zombie in it. There's zombies all over the place. Yeah. The asshole corporate executive who's been looking out for himself the whole time and trying God, to God, that guy was up. a dick. 
dick. He we haven't even talked about dick. him. I don't want to talk about him. Holy shit. And I was disappointed because he's the kind of guy where you're like, this guy... Because it's his fault. The most adorable character in the whole movie, the like innocent cheerleader for the baseball team, mm-hmm. gets fed to the oh, zombies. Oh, Gordon's daughter was the most adorable. Oh, all right. You got me on a technicality. <laughs> but also the cheerleader was pretty adorable. Right. She was a, and she gets yeah. fed to the zombies because of this guy. That was heartbreaking. I oh, loved God, the yeah, romance such between her and the baseball player. Like that I thought was that was great. so cute. And I, I wish that they had expressed it a little bit better that like they were both content to be zombies as long as they were together oh yeah. i love that moment because it was into that but not like eh. oh you know he didn't mind that getting was good bit by her. yeah and it was all sort of out of frame that yeah. was that wasn't that's a nice shot good that was stuff. sweet but the corporate asshole who's behind all this he fucking this is backing up a bit but he tried to stop our heroes we talked about them trying to work their way up through like four cars of zombies he actively blocks the door to try and keep them from getting in right. I, I guess just because he's paranoid that one of them is actually going well, to get in that's a for good really reason. tense set piece right there yeah, yeah I love that sequence these guys have cleared like four cars of zombies without a scratch and it's been very difficult we've been with them every step of the way and they mm. finally get to the car with the survivors in it and they're like wait a minute these guys no way they made it through four cars of zombies without a scratch they're infected as fuck we need to lock the door keep them out Mm -hmm. you'd think that this could be very calmly explained like zombies do a lot of things but one thing they don't do is say excuse us kind sirs we are not zombies we would permission to come aboard well and this movie is established i mean many times that when you become infected, you show signs of being infected really quickly, mm-hmm. like within like a minute, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. Well, they can't see them because they have a they have the paper over the door still. No, that's a right? different scene. Okay, yeah. Well, no, yeah. they can see but them. Really, and they're just this like, oh, guy I've... just seems like a dick. He's just a dick, and he's he's kind of you know he's a, he's a counterpoint to our main guy Gordon Gecko, where he's kind of the same guy, but he's. <laughs> To a higher degree. Played by Michael Douglas, we should add. <laughs> yeah. uh, Reprising I, I his classic Michael role. Michael Douglas stars in Train to Sacramento. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, actually, he should play the, the corporate snake. It'll be like Dwayne Johnson will be the main guy Ugh. in Train to Sacramento. I'm I mean, so tired of him. I love him, but no. Anyway. Um, but, I mean, it, it feels xenophobic, really. It almost feels like a metaphor for xenophobia on this corporate guy's part that he won't let these guys I felt the same the train, way. into the train car. It felt like there, there might have been some kind of social context that I didn't quite get because mm. I don't know a lot about South Korea, but it still felt universal. I mean, I've seen this in many horror films where there's sort of this struggle for survival and like certain people kind of get left behind. Or challenged. Let me ask you guys a question about a, a plot detail that I didn't quite understand, and I watched this scene twice, where Gordon <laughs> Gordon takes a call yes. about something about YS Holdings, and there's something about like him or his company actually being responsible for this outbreak. Yeah. I didn't understand that fully. All right. I, this is why I rewatched the beginning of the movie. Like I said, I said we would get yeah. to that later. The, I think what they were trying to communicate is that... This guy's a corporate or he's you know he's a he's a fund manager. He cares about his bottom line. And early in the movie when we first meet him, he's dumping a ton of stocks in I think the like zombie manufacturing company. <laughs> like oh. there's a biotech company that is responsible for this outbreak 
And when the ZMC. And when it, I don't know the name of it. Is that the name of it? No, the Soundbeat Manufacturer. Y S. Sure. So they're heavily invested in this and we know from the prologue that like maybe this isn't the first time that this company has done something because there's been a farmer who had the lot lose his pigs etc whatever mm. and they see the writing on the wall they see the fish dying they see something's going on that's strange and so they dump all their stocks and the office lackey is like that might crash the whole market because like i guess they have like just a shit ton of money invested in this thing mm. um okay and then later he takes the call and the guy's like, holy shit, like the company behind this, that was like the company at the center of our whole business portfolio. So like I wrote down that the line that corresponded to that. Right. Yeah. Because basically they were the like primary investor in this company that ended up creating the zombie outbreak. Mm. And it just reinforces the theme of like, you know, putting the bottom line ahead of people. Yeah. Like but his decision didn't have any effect on this whole situation it wasn't the decision that he made personally within the events of the movie but it was the decision of the company to be to invest in this kind of Uh operation that's how i interpreted it oh i like it because it shows how like his sort of greed and self-focus like not only affects his family but ends up affecting the entire country right and then there's a how one might say greed is not good. Right. <laughs> and then he, he takes the call and he's got blood on his hands from the zombies and he's washing his hands and the blood won't come off. He's like got, Lady you know, Macbeth. Yeah. He's got, <laughs> he can't get the blood off his hands because mm. he's responsible for the whole damn thing. Mm. So again, themes laid on thick in this movie, but yeah. in the service of something that's, you know, an interesting political point commentary. Yeah. I also wrote down uh, in my memory of this movie is oddly hazy even though i i remember a lot of every detail we've talked about i wrote down as a joke to myself don't trust the government but like was did you really feel like there was any like social comment a lot of the reviews like point to this being like a very socially conscious zombie movie and i didn't really walk away from it feeling like i like learned anything no on that level it's preaching to the choir but it is saying things okay I mean, if uh, it's it's preaching to my politics, I don't know. Maybe you know, someone same. else. Maybe yeah. someone else would watch it and feel moved and like they were exposed to something new. But I felt like that was all kind of standard. I'm like, if you're gonna make a zombie movie like this, then like the government's gonna try and like, you know, they're they're gonna like deliberate before they release information about right. what's happening. There's a lot of that where like they're talking to the train conductor about like where it's safe to stop or whatever, and like they're not ready to say it's a zombie right. outbreak. Right. It, basically, it's like saying you know. Gov- don't trust government press releases. Don't trust corporations. Don't trust finance bros. And yeah. be good to your fellow man over yourself. Yeah, there's no unique per- insights. Pretty, in pretty, this pretty film. standard. It's not yeah. the Dark Knight. But for South Korea, <laughs> who knows? Like, I wonder. I would like to read reviews from South Korea. Like, I don't really know what the political climate is there right now. Like, this might be like a, a, maybe a revolutionary film there. I don't know. I don't know. No idea. But uh, the evil corporate character, while he's doing all these horrible things to everybody, I was like, you know, this is he's doing he's a bad man, but I know he's going to get his and it's going to be horrible. And when he gets his, it's not that horrible. He just becomes a zombie, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the default option for people in this movie. I wanted (laughs) to see something really bad happen to him. Yeah, I was similarly disappointed in that. We also haven't talked about something that 
this is not spoiler material, but something that struck me a lot is how fast the fucking zombies move in this movie. Like, they're World War Z fucking 28 days later. Did you see World War fast, Z? Yeah. Fast-ass zombies. And the, the the film is sped up a bit every time you see zombies moving. It's a little distracting. Yeah, it is. Effect. It yeah. is. And sometimes they, like, pile up on top of each other in a wave because they're moving so fast and it's just a fucking, like, little oh, yeah, mountain of zombies that spills. Like a big yeah. Well, let me ask mass. you about World War Z because I've seen this movie compared... People have said this is the movie World War Z should have been. Right, and I've seen it comparisons too. to World War Z. So, explain. Oh, I, honestly, I don't remember that much about World War Z. It wasn't a very good movie. Probably the most memorable thing about it. I mean, I, obviously, literally the most memorable thing about was it Brad was... Brad Pitt's dick, right? No, you don't see his dick. <laughs> <laughs> was what? the speed... Yeah. I bought it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> was the speed with which the zombies moved, because that's literally the main and possibly only thing i remember about that movie and like how was that interesting like who cares if zombies are slow or fast like they have the same effect either way. i mean because usually they don't move fast that's why it's interesting well i mean that rule was broken with 20 like, days marginally later. Interesting. like if that's what makes world war z interesting <laughs> then world war z is irrelevant well world <laughs> war z sort of took it to the next level by like having a just a giant pile they, like, up of fast moving zombies summiting i think it was like the great wall of china or this something time, I saw that like clip, that yeah. this yeah, time the they're trailer. on roller skates <laughs> super fast <laughs> ice skates that'd be great ice skates zombies yeah, the world's frozen on over. segways terrifying yeah uh, segways are terrifying enough in the first place are you, are you guys ready for a hot take oh. no, always Woo! open the oven Bring it out. <laughs> Should we let it cool a little bit first? Should we no. put a toothpick in it to see this if it's is done? Hot and, hot and ready. 28 weeks later, way better than 28 oh, days agreed. later. Agreed. That's I've not never, even a hot take. Really? I've been saying that since I saw 28 oh, weeks later. I was screaming in the theater watching 28 weeks later. Great. I remember nothing about it, but it moved me a lot more than 28 days later. Isn't that from the director of Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom? <laughs> Jurassic World Fallen is Kingdom? It? I think so. Oh. Isn't that J.A. Biona? I don't know. I hope so. Time out. You we'll know, check. I've heard this since 28 Weeks Later came out, and I will say the reason I like 28 Days Later on its own, not having seen the sequel, is just the atmosphere. Like, I don't really care about the zombie drama. I feel like it has, like, a mood. It's like a... Sure. Like, it's like a feature-length music video for me. <laughs> Wait, which <laughs> and one? It's got a lot days of, or weeks? Days. It's got, like, you know, Brian Eno, like, you know, songs from Apollo and shit on it. Oh, I am incorrect. Different director. Who directed 28 Weeks Later? What else has he done? Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. He directed... Uh, yeah, really nothing else you've heard of. Oh, that's a damn shame. Well, I hope he's still yeah. getting work. Well, I should finally see triumph. it, because I've heard great things, but I... I feel like I won't want to compare it to the original. And it was... What year was that? 28 Weeks Later. 2007. Wow. Jesus. God, we're old. Yeah. I thought it was older than that, to be honest. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, anyway. uh, So back back on topic. So the pregnant woman and Gordon Gecko's daughter finally make it to the end of the line. They make it to Busan. They're walking through a tunnel because the train stops. The tracks are blocked off. I like that because you don't know... When they get off the train, they get off the train and there's like charred corpses, yeah. there's fire, mm-hmm. there's smoke, and you're like, maybe Busan is no longer standing. Mm-hmm. But they go through the tunnel. And then they're in crosshairs. Yeah, they're like, we don't the know. army like, is... Or where they're going to get killed. I've never been so happy to see like army dudes before. 
I was excited, and then I felt like, oh, fuck no, like, take your finger off the trigger. And, yeah, see, They were giving orders to shoot. They were giving, so they're aiming on them, and they're like, well, are they infected or not? And the guy's like, fuck, if I know, I just see their silhouettes, and their commander is like, well, shoot them. And I was worried for a second, but I was like, this movie's got way too much humanity. If this movie had actually shot those people... It would at least be a cue it in my book, if not a screw it. It would be a screw it at it that point for me. It would have lost a ton of capital. I was on edge. I was like, I'm on a cue it. If they die, it's a screw it. I was not wow. worried for me. I was not worried for them. I was worried for the movie and its rating on the show. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. But no, it's, it's a movie that is fundamentally about humanity and optimistic. So the guy, uh, re- he doesn't shoot him quick enough and he hears the girl singing. There's a theme about her singing a song. At a she recital. wanted to sing it for her dad, right? Right. And so she's yeah. still singing it for her dad who just, like, sacrificed himself. And, and that's uh, how they realize, oh, she's not a zombie. So she's singing. She's, she's saved yeah. more than once, kind of, by her dad in the memory of this, this little girl just tearing it up in the final moments of the film. Again, great performance all the way through and she's just sobbing as she's singing this song. Oh, walking yeah, she's through great. The tunnel. She's very... Yeah, magnetic. Turns out they're saved. Cut to credits. Actually, great ending. Great ending. I was surprised that it just, boom, went right to credits from that. Yeah, none of that horror movie, horse shit, where they tack on something pessimistic, you know, or sequel setup. Or even, you know, sort of driving home more of the point that they're saved and showing the emotional reaction of them, like, uh, you know, meeting up with the army folks or whatever. It's just... Or her mom. I mean, that was the whole journey and like i didn't even feel dissatisfied knowing she doesn't get to meet her mom it is kind of a typical sort of like setup for a sequel which there will be a sequel apparently but it felt like the emotional journey was complete even as abrupt as it ended because there was obviously a conflict between her and her father and like she came to understand that he was capable of loving her yes Mm -hmm. it didn't matter if she met her mom who she already loves and has a good relationship with and we don't know the mom may or may not be dead we don't know you know yeah, no true. Clue. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't matter. It wouldn't, but a pretty it, the bold movie, ending, I think. The movie, yeah, the movie would have gained nothing from showing her reuniting, reuniting with the mom. Yeah. Exactly, because we already know that relationship is fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which that's that's maybe a conversation for a different day. But a, a lot of people sometimes get hung up on those kind of superficial plot elements, like oh, but did she ever uh, make it me. to her mom? And I'm like, no, it's that's not what the movie's about. At a, like, you know. if you use your imagination, like, yeah, maybe she does. Maybe the mom's a zombie. Like, I didn't care. She's gonna be okay either way. So. She's a woman now. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> She's like seven. She'll be a woman soon. Well, I've had it with these motherfucking zombies on this motherfucking. Train. Oh boy, how, how long you been working joke. on that one? <laughs> I've had that. It's been coming a long way. You you've had that since I said Train to Busan. It's a Korean zombie that movie. Joke. Last episode, we've been on this train the whole time. You've had that joke ready since Seoul. Yeah, I've been. It's yep. I've had that ready. It's been contraband in the luggage. Uh, I watched Snakes in the Plane. Uh, snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane. Snakes <laughs> in, in a the plane. plane. That'll be the sequel. Snakes in the plane. I saw that at midnight at the theater. Me too. Yeah, we in Monroe. In Monroe, I was probably, we we the same were screening. At the same theater, but we weren't like buddies then. I still haven't seen that shit, and I feel no remorse. No, you're not Don't missing bother. anything. It was a meme. It was. It was like yeah, yeah. It's meme the movie. Yeah, but it wasn't meme enough to deliver on being a meme movie. It had the one part where Samuel Jackson said, I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on the motherfucking plane, which was like, you know, like second unit P 
pickup shot like after like it was a it was a reshoot yeah oh he was on set for one day i'm sure (laughs) and it it doesn't even it's so it's so shoehorned into the rest of the movie that's not even satisfying when he finally says it well i mean because it's a movie that became a meme after oh god what am i even saying but i mean i don't know It was a movie, they, they and then it was a meme, and then the movie was affected by the meme, and the correct. meme was affected by the movie, and so on. Correct. It yeah. was a it was a trailer. I feel like that became a meme. That it was became a title. A movie that became it was a title. A title. And then yeah. the trailer became a meme too. But yeah, man, people were looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, the movie like suddenly had to live up to the meme that it had become. When you're like eighteen, and I knew, 19. when I saw it, I knew it wouldn't. I was dragged there by friends. <laughs> Not oh, one more thing about Train to Busan. Speaking of being dragged. What? Wait, back on topic? Are you kidding me? Back on topic. The final sequence of the movie where they're in like the runaway locomotive trying to flee the train yard, and there's that huge chain of zombies like all clanged on to each other, being mm. dragged behind the train. That was awesome. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I was just thinking about how they did that from a practical standpoint. It looked like a really, like a lot in this movie. It was like, a mix of CGI and practical effects. Like, I couldn't tell the difference in that, that particular shot. It seemed shot. like all practical effects to me. I kind of assumed that there was some sort of, like, a sled of some sort that was sort of be- being dragged behind the train that some of them were sitting on. I don't know. I think they actually dragged people behind a train. That's what it looked like to me. Over train tracks and rocks and It looked and amazing. Shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not well now. I mean, they had, they had to pay out a <laughs> 300 lot. 300 people this. died making this movie. <laughs> All right, well, what are we watching next week, guys? Next time, we are watching The Boys in the Trees. Are they cute, these boys? I was going to say, this is nothing new for Steven. Steven is always watching The Boys in the Trees. The Boys in the Trees are always hard. You come talking in the trash, they'll pull your car. I don't get the reference. I, yeah, I don't Boys know in the Hood, here. the song by Easy E. Oh, okay. okay. It's Boys in the Tree. <laughs> Let's see that again. Okay. <laughs> yep, so that's what we're watching next time. Boys in the Trees. We're back to Alpha. I know nothing order. about it. We're I'm excited. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little sad going back to... It's going to be a little sad. Going back to the Netflix normal catalog after watching this masterpiece from South Korea. Train to Busan. I disagree. I'm really curious about Boys in the Trees. I've heard good things. It's oh, apparently. Me too. I mean, we've been making jokes about gay themes and Stephen watching Boys in the Trees, but uh, apparently it's. A oh, have we? Well, the difference is themed... Steve is usually in the trees watching boys. The boys are in the trees. Yeah, no, it's that funny was, that, that it's kind joke. of a subversion oh. of the usual for me. Yeah, Sorry. that was my joke. Sorry. No, it's it's been in my queue actually. It was literally in my queue. I have queued it. It is. So, it is I, apparently I actually a gay themed horror movie. Oh, which, is it? Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I oh. just heard the Shockwaves yeah. mention it like a while back and I was like, oh, I should see that. But it's been a year, so I've forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm looking forward no, to I, that. I believe there are gay characters or gay themes from what I read in oh, some reviews. Oh, God. Finally a movie I can jerk off to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. Well, <laughs> until then, uh, check us out online if you want. You know, we're everywhere. Leave us some iTunes reviews. We haven't gotten an iTunes review in like a year or so. What? Seriously? True. Yeah. So pull your weight. Well, uh, they, it helps opinion. a lot, we're told. That's what we're told. Review us or don't. Whatever. It's your prerogative. No, do asking, it. Don't, don't give them the option to not do we it. We don't Chris. ask you for much. We're not asking you for money yet. Uh, you know, we're huh. just. Uh, I mean, we do reviews. ask for like an hour to an hour and a half of your time every couple of weeks. Sure. But 
you know, what's a review? All right. Well, until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Steven. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.